Welcome to the first ever episode of The Blue Lot, where life is an open container. My name is John Pentall, and I'm joined by my best bud, Zach Campbell. Zach, say hello to the people. Hello, people. What's going on? <laughs> Off to a wild start here. <laughs> um, well, first of all, thank you for joining us. Um, it means a lot to us that you're taking the time out of your commute, or if you're sitting at a hey, you might be at the gym and you take the time to listen to us. Um, we're just two guys that love sports and uh, we want to talk mountaineer sports and professional sports. And um, we're excited to bring this to you. Um, Zach, do you want to explain why we named it the Blue Lot? Well, for those of you all that have ever graced Morgantown and more specifically the, the areas uh, in and around Mountaineer Field, there is the Blue Lot, um, which is not necessarily your uh, – I wouldn't say it's a, it's it's your most genteel crowd, although although there's many <laughs> fine folks there, but uh, it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of meeting and greeting, a lot of uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of eating, and just kind of uh, uh, it's the place to be before before game days. I mean, it's 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 ground zero for Mountaineer football on on a Saturday. Absolutely, and it's a place of community. It's a place of family. Uh, you go back to Morgantown and you see your best buds that you haven't seen in a while in the blue lot and you, you're a family again. And that's what we want this podcast to be. Um, we're all big one Mountaineer family, but, um, if, even if you're not a West Virginia fan, you're listening to us, you know, we're all family here. So, um, we're excited to put this together. Um, so we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. Um, we want to start a little with a little bit of college hoops that happened over the last couple of days. Um, like Zach said, primary focused on West Virginia, but we will talk about everything. Um, Zach, big win at Oklahoma State the other day. Um, not the cleanest win, definitely some sloppy play. Um, 20 turnovers, was it? Honestly, honestly, and, and I, I guess I need to, I, I need to, I need to recheck some of the, uh, the box, the box stats, but it, it's hard to keep track because that was, I mean, any win, any win in Big 12 plays going to be a, a big win, just in my opinion, based on how mm-hmm. consistent it is from top to bottom in the conference. But it was one of the ugliest basketball games I, I remember watching uh, in, in recent memory. I mean, really just just not a pretty basketball game at all. It was gross. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, couldn't make free throws, uh, which has been a problem for the team all year. Um, I don't know why, because that hasn't been a problem with the Press Virginia teams, really. It's just been the last couple of years. Um, but you're right. It was sloppy. Um, all the turnovers, but luckily, uh, Oklahoma state played even worse and we were able to sneak out with a win. And like you said, any win in the big 12, especially on the road is huge for this program. Yeah. And and I don't, I mean, and again, it's grabbing a win on the road, a quick turnaround from being, you know, being in Lawrence and playing in the fog. I mean, and, and I don't think Oklahoma is Oklahoma state's a bad team. I, they, they definitely have some quality players. Um, I just, I just think catching kind of caught each other on an off night, but I just think the kind of toughness and, and the grittiness that we've got, especially in the front court, was what sort of tipped the scales in, uh, in our favor. I call them the Twin Towers, Oscar and Culver. Um, they're tall, they're strong, they're the best rebounders in the Big 12. Arguably, you could even say maybe the best rebounders in the country. Um, we're fortunate enough to have them controlling the paint and protecting our protecting the paint for us um what are your thoughts on oscar and how he's done so far because i mean for a freshman you know he's 18 years old he's he's playing like a senior yeah i mean i don't i don't want to say i've written about him ad nauseum but um (laughs) kind of um at least twice in within the last month and and just uh with you know just this week I, i put a new piece out and i mean what it's it's hard not not to speak in pipe and hyperbole about what he's doing so far. I mean, he's a guy who only picked up a basketball for the first time when he was fourteen, right? Right. And coming from the Congo and and was was a soccer guy growing up, and and now I mean, you look at him, he looks as physically developed as any of the guys in the NBA, just in terms of you know his build. Um, he's got surprisingly developed post moves. I mean, his, his game is so far ahead of, I think where everyone, where anyone even thought he'd be even, right. even despite his, you know, his, his being a, being a five-star in a McDonald's all American. I mean, just, it seems like every game he's advancing forward in, in noticeable fashion. And it's, and it's nothing, at least 
at least in my lifetime, it's nothing that I've I've witnessed uh, mm-hmm. in West Virginia hoops. I really haven't. I mean, I'm just I'm 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 as big a fan as anybody just sitting there watching the kid work. I mean, it's been a long time since, especially a Bob Huggins team where you can just give one guy the ball and he can make a play. Like Oscar will post yeah. up and he'll he'll back him down. He'll do a little shake. He'll go left or right. He got a hook shot. Um, I don't know if his jumper is there yet, but if it does, oh my God, watch out entire country. Um, but I mean, I, to me, I mean, I don't know about you, but like Deshaun Butler was the last guy that I thought Bob Huggins could just give the ball to. And it's like, all right, go out there and do something. Be a LeBron James, be a Kobe Bryant. Um, Kevin Jones was kind of that guy, but not, mm-hmm. I think Oscar mm-hmm. is taking that to a next level where he can just be dominant on the post. I, I agree with, with both of those guys. And I think even later in his career, Javon Carter kind of had a little bit of that in factor mm-hmm. two where he could kind of take the game over a little bit. Um, it took him the better part of his career to get there, but, but no, right. but Oscar is like, a day, I mean, it, he's, he seems so plug and play and, um, and you're right. I, I don't, I, he hasn't really shown consistently that, that he can shoot the jumper and that's obviously a part of his game. And I don't think he's nearly as developed a passer as say Culver is. I think Culver for a big guy sees the floor really well, mm-hmm. but those are just two areas of his game that he, that, that he can only get better in because the other areas of his game, I mean, you go back to the comments that both Bill Self and Azubuke made after the Kansas game, and they were just blown away by this kid. You know, Self sitting there calling him a monster. Azubuke, who's who's gone up against – in his career has gone up against, you know, some of the best big men over the last three, four years in college basketball. And he, and he said, I think something very close to, I've never played a guy – played against a guy like that. I mean, it's it's sort of like – as good as he is right now, he's already playing at, at an all-American clip. I mean, he's only going to get better. And Western Union's strength is, I think, lies in two places. It's sheer numbers, and it's it's two two guys in the front court. And as Oscar continues to get better, I only see this team getting better around him. You're so, absolutely right. No, you're absolutely right. And um, I don't. I want to continue on this topic, but whenever you mention Azubuki, it's like Kansas always has that one guy that stays around campus for like 40 years. Like Perry Ellis was there for like, I don't care what you say. He was there for 10 years. Like, oh, oh, absolutely. And Azubuki seems like yeah. that guy now. But um, to go back to what you yeah. said, you're absolutely right. Um, Culver has grown since last year, which I thought would be hard to do because I thought he played well as a freshman last year. Um, if they continue- I, think, I think it was more – I think it's more maturity thing with Culver, just yeah. just just weighing in. I, I think I think a lot of it had to do with just him maturing off the court, and then that kind of translated to his evolving and becoming better on on the court. But you saw it last game. You know that guy was chirping him, and yeah. Culver was like he kept his head cool, and yep. uh, I was really proud of him. I thought he did well. Yeah, me too. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, Mountaineer basketball—it's it, an exciting time, especially after a disappointing year last year. Um, something I saw on Twitter, which um, I go back and forth on. I want to get your take on it. Somebody said that Deuce McBride, who's been phenomenal, by the way, should actually yeah. start over McCabe. And I'll be honest, I think having that spark off the bench is important, especially in college basketball. The NBA could be different, but in college basketball, if you can have a guy that come in with the second unit team and still provide some scoring, especially right. in the Big 12. Um, right. and I, I don't think – I mean, McCabe hasn't really lived up to expectations yet, but he's not terrible. I mean, I wish he'd score a little – you know, but I don't know. What do you think? I think – I mean, I, I'm, I'm seeing again that, that argument, you know, the the – McCabe versus McBride argument, um, and and man, it seems like there's there's a lot of Scottish people on on the team now. A lot of mix, you know. A lot of, it's it's kind of it's it's like where did this where did this come from? Um, but uh, yeah, I'm seeing it a lot, and and there's obviously a lot of credence to that argument because I mean, right now McBride coming off the bench, another true freshman, right? He's leading the team in assists, which is which is very very typically and historically a you know a point guard. Um, point guard dominated statistical field, but my thing, and I'm not discrediting anything McBride is doing because like you said, I mean, he seems to be instant offense. He comes in, he pulls up, not phased, not hesitant, pulls up and and can, can, can drain shots um, back to back to back. But I don't know yet if McBride is a true one. I don't know if he's a true one guard. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has, more of the hallmarks to be more of a two, be more of a scoring threat, you know, out on the wing, 
and kind of creating off the dribble and not necessarily having to run the offense, maybe having the offense run to him. Mm-hmm. Um, because really McCabe and Napper behind him, those are the, those are the two, I think, purest one guards on the team. And, and here's the thing, McCabe, no, he's, he's not living up to a lot of the expectations I think people had for him because he seemed to be such a, a highly touted guy coming in and was, you know, competing in all-star contests with, you know, Steph Curry, you know, right. Dapping him up and all those kinds of things. Um, well, it was his dribbling, Like he had all those well, YouTube right. videos. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, marketed really well and, and his ball handling and all that. Um, he's not scoring his, he's also, he was ha- also pretty touted as, as a, as a long ball guy and he's shooting at shooting the three ball at a 15, 0.6% clip, which is just not, I mean, that is one of the worst on the team, right? if not the worst. And my hope for him is that he can get better because he clearly, you know, his effort when he gets in there, he runs the offense. I think compared to McBride, he's a much more limited athlete because you can just tell McBride's got, I mean, he could have gone and played division one quarterback. You know, I can't say the same for McCabe, um, but you you made you made the biggest and best point. McBride coming off the bench is such a huge shot in the arm, especially if the offense is stalling early. You bring him off the bench, all of a sudden the defense has to completely shift what they're doing, and he's and he's getting a couple buckets in like the second he steps on the floor. That's that's huge. It's huge for any team. You have to have that. The teams that make it far in March have solid benches. They, you know they make free throws. They have a strong point guard, and they have a good bench that they can rely on. Um, I think the Mountaineers have that, uh, led by McBride. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's the thing. I mean, he is that spark plug, and 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 he gets all his minutes seem to be quality. And McCabe, typically, is guy finishing out in the half, finishing out the game. Uh, he's he's your starter and he's your finisher. But what McBride does to fill in those the bulk of those minutes in between has been so huge so far. And I and it's and it's it's working. That's the thing. Right now, it works. So I don't know how much you want to change up. Um, despite how good he's been. Yeah, and I mean, I didn't watch the games overseas in the summertime because I just didn't have access to it. But everybody was saying that, you know, McBride played really well overseas against some of these, you know, all-stars over there, which is, you know, that's good competitive basketball over there. And then he comes over here and he's playing okay as a freshman, but man, that Ohio State game where he took the game over. And that's when he won the hearts of Mountaineer fans. Yeah, uh, no, no question. And 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 kind of like kind of like Oscar, I think he's just scratching the surface. I mean, he's just and he even made you know he's he's still making some rookie mistakes here and there where he's trying to force stuff and dribbles into pressure and that kind of thing. And he's mm-hmm. only going to get better, right? So Absolutely. Keep him where he's at and just just let the game come to him naturally. Absolutely. Well, he'll have the chance this Saturday. Uh, Mounters, I saw this. They're they're going to play at home on Saturday against Texas Tech at six p.m. Mm. Want to say ESPN too? Um, I could be wrong on that. It um, is. It's ESPN too. Yeah. First home game in almost a full month, um, which is surprising to me. They haven't played at home since before Christmas. That's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. So that's uh, a long. The Coliseum is going to be rocking. Yeah. 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 I mean, ESPN saying you know seventy four percent you know win win prediction for for West Virginia, which I'd imagine it's going to be a packed house, which will help. Right. Um, well, uh, and I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was just gonna say. I mean, you know, Tech obviously coming off a deep run in the tournament last year. I, they they don't look as good this year so far, but it is it's still January. I mean, there's a lot of basketball left. Yeah, and I was gonna talk about some of the other Big Twelve schools. We can just jump into it. I mean, uh, you know, Kansas obviously is Kansas. Baylor's number four in the country right now, which. I mean, they've been good the last couple of years, but being number four is surprising to me personally, but they are a very good basketball team. They gave uh, Kansas a run at actually winning the Big 12 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but those two, along with Oklahoma, Texas, TCU, and Texas Tech, all have, and West Virginia, all have at least 10 wins already. And like you said, it's January. Yeah. And yeah. I, I was looking through other conferences, seeing you know who's got double-digit wins already. There's not that many. Um, the Big 12 is stacked. Yeah. Yeah, and and I mean, and I feel like since West Virginia's been in it, that's kind of been the story every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but it but it really is for for having for being limited in terms of head count, you know, being this 
of the power five, at least the smallest conference. It's, um, it's really amazing that, that the conference is as deep as it is year in and year out. And yeah, I would say right now, I mean, I mean, West, West Virginia aside, how good they've played. I mean, Baylor just looks tough. I mean, mm-hmm. they look, they look tough. They look long and athletic and, and obviously we've seen Kansas and, um, we know we can play with Kansas. It's going to be – I think that's – I mean, that top four, West Virginia, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas is going to be really interesting what kind of dogfight ensues later in the season because I don't see a lot of drop-off between the four, those four teams. Yeah, February is going to be interesting because that's where it's all going to – like we're going to figure out who those right. top four teams are in February. Right. And, and I mean, there's going to be – I mean – if I'm a betting man and I'm not really, but if, but if I had to cast cast votes right now and say, okay, you know, if, if regular season's over tournament time right now, I mean, Western is at least getting six of its, of its 10 teams in like at least. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a heck of a, that's a heck of a showing. Um, so I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's a, do, it's, it's a dog fight. I mean, you saw it Oklahoma state the other night was such an ugly game, such a physical game. I mean, it was a physical game against Kansas um, it's it's not it's not pretty basketball a lot of times. Contrary to Big Twelve football, which is kind of uh, kind of looks like folks on you know folks on ice skates out wide catching touchdown passes twenty times a game. It's it's a, it's a whole different scene on on the basketball court. Oh yeah, um, especially when you know the three blind mice called the game correctly. Um, yeah, they tried that ten thousand dollars. Yeah, um, ten big ones, and um, and I I I want to say that they pay that out of TV revenue. They don't even take that right out of Hugs's pocket, but I could be wrong. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I um, a a a friend who I will not name that that coaches uh, in Division Two told me that that was basically what they do. So I'm going to take him at his word. Oh, I never knew that. That's interesting. Yeah. So he could just do that so, again, and he really won't feel the effects. Yeah, and I mean he's Bob Huggins. Like, what's what's Shane Lyons going to do? Especially, especially when he says something that, I mean, I, you're on the internet like I am. I don't think anyone's going to argue with his point. Right. Um, I, 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 you know, the officiating just is what it is, and and if there's any measure of quality control out there, they're not enforcing it. Absolutely, it was. I mean, it was rough. I mean, we've seen it in the past the the famous Kansas game. When uh, Javon's and Dak's senior year, when they sh- we shot two free throws to their 26. Oh that was the famous Kansas game yeah. where we should have won. Um, but, yep. you know, just like, you know, this Kansas game just a couple weeks or a couple days ago, we still could have won that game. You know, like there's things that we could have done better. But when the refs, you know, call the game one way, it's, it's, it's an Achilles heel. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Here's the thing. I don't I, – I doubt very little of what Bob Huggins says because he doesn't speak much and – and when when he when he does, you know he means it, you right. know. Right. Um. But just from from my vantage, I compared to years past and like the one you're talking about that game, it didn't seem to be as poorly officiated, and and I think it it was absolutely a winnable game, mm-hmm. and it's just, you know, I I want to say the the stat was it was. 19 fouls called our way versus 18 Kansas way. So it's, you know, we, we won the foul battle. Um, now there's obviously subtext there. It's like what, what we're done with those fouls, you know, right. what was, what were the free throw numbers and, and things of that sort. But no, that was, that was, that was a game we, we could have walked out of, out of the fog with and just didn't. Which we've never done. We'll have to wait till next year to see if we yeah, can do that. Yeah. There's that too. Yeah. But, well, um, Bouncing around the, the country a little bit, um, you know, the ACC, you know, they're, they're on the East Coast here. Uh, Duke looks good. UVA looks good. Um, you and- yeah, yeah. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're not good, man. I, I don't know. Roy me maybe needs to change up the suits or something, but he had um, a quote today that said, um, this might be the worst team I've ever coached. And I just couldn't stop laughing. Cause I get, cause Roy, Roy Williams has been around for a long time, man. And oh, yeah. for him to say that. And yeah, I, I would say that they are the tar holes this year, uh, <laughs> not looking very formidable. And um, 
yeah, I mean, it's not it, – it looks like UVA's conference right now. And someone – I saw someone make a joke the other night that um, that if West Virginia and UVA were to meet up right now, it would – I would say, you know, combine the, – the, the score at the end of the game might not even touch the 80s. And I believe it. Oh, yeah, you, you take the under. Yeah, you take the under on that because UVA is also a monster defensively. And they slow that game down. I feel like every box score for UVA basketball is kind of like the one for West Virginia last night where it was 55-41, except yeah. UVA doesn't play bad. They're just really good defensively. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, which which just probably means that they're the most annoying team you could possibly match up with. Tony Bennett, man, he's, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, but, he does, um, man. A dark horse for the ACC, look out for Florida State. They're not really mm-hmm. a dark horse, but they're killing it right now. So – um, if anybody could beat one of those teams in the ACC tournament. Yeah. You always kind of forget about Florida State kind of just, just down because they're not, you know, because they're, they're, they're not a, they're not a name brand, especially in the ACC, which for a long time has been the basketball conference, I feel like. Right. And, uh, but yeah, man, they're, they, they look the little I've caught them this year. They, they look pretty good. So that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be mad in the slightest if they really shook things up over there. Yeah. I'm excited to see, um, how February turns out and March turns out for the ACC as well for the big 10. You know, West Virginia got a huge win against number two at the time, number two, Ohio state, and they've lost three games in a row. And it's really hurting the the win for West Virginia. Um, Michigan's not good. Uh, Michigan state and Maryland run the big 10 right now, but watching Ohio state just continue to lose. Does that say more about West Virginia? Maybe not as good as we think they are. They squeeze by, or is Ohio State bad? I, I mean, it's it's tough to say. It's I think I think the, the game right after that, they they dropped one to Wisconsin, and Wisconsin's not having a good year, right? Uh, exactly. And they just yeah, they just been kind of, I don't know. Maybe 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 West Virginia just broke Ohio State. Maybe maybe they just <laughs> broke them. You know, I don't I don't I don't know. We we did maybe maybe we did do Ohio State basketball. What what we what we did for Clemson football uh, about a decade ago when, you know, we, you know, just wiped the field with them and then they went on to turn into a dynasty. It's true. Had the opposite effect. We tend to do that to teams. Yeah. I was the bridesmaid, never the bride, but that's okay. Uh, I, yeah, man, it's, it, it is, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you call that, but it's, it's not always fun, but yeah, I mean, it, it cert- certainly greatly devalues the win. Um, you know, if I, if I I don't. I don't doubt that Ohio State's a tournament team. At least, maybe they haven't proved me wrong yet. But uh, it would. It would have been nice if they went on a win streak after that, because that that win over number two felt really, really good at the time, and it doesn't oh, yeah. feel as good now. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the Big Ten's just not as deep as I. I, I don't. I think. I think Big Twelve is more competitive league. Although Maryland, you mentioned Maryland looks really, really good. Like Maryland looks like a potential Final Four team, mm-hmm. and um, they'd be a scary one to run into. Be it'd be it'd be a great you know sort of historic matchup for us, but it would it would potentially not be a fun game because they just they they look like a complete team. Yeah, they scare me. They have a good yeah. big step. Yeah, and, and Culver, and then their guards are a little more experienced. So I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no and question. then my only my only other note from college basketball we can move on is uh, Liberty my alma mater. So I went to West Virginia. I graduated in 14, but I did get my master's through Liberty. They're 16 and one. Lynchburg, Virginia, baby. My guys Um, are killing it. I'm telling you, man, down, down there, down right off 460. There's some magic (laughs) happening. And I, so I also did not go to West Virginia. I graduated from a school about an hour east of Liberty called Hampton, Sydney. So very familiar with the town and the area and, uh, Jerry Falwell, you, you, and, um, Liberty's, I mean, they're they're tough, man. They're playing basketball. I don't I don't know what you can say. I, maybe maybe they're this year's, uh, you know, Maryland Maryland Baltimore County. Like they just come in out of nowhere and just and just absolutely knock a giant on their butt. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd be fine with that. I'm here for it. You and I are both originally from Virginia, so I'm here for it. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm here for it. Um. But yeah, that's college basketball right now. Yeah. Um, it's fun, man. We, we will definitely as as the Big Twelve and conference play continues. We will definitely hit heavy on college basketball, but yeah. there is a big football game coming. 
second in the collegiate. Oh, boy. Yep. Um, potentially, it could be the best college football championship we've had so far. Um, I know Georgia-Alabama was going to be tough to top when Tua went through that game-winning touchdown. But Clemson playing LSU in New Orleans, um, basically a home game for LSU, 8 o'clock on ESPN on Monday. Um, lordy, lordy. What are your thoughts on the game? And then uh, I'd like to pick, you know, who you think is going to win at the end. I bet you and I have similar thoughts um, that this game is going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, I mean, it's tiger on tiger violence, right? Right. You've got Orgeron and Dabo kind of trade blows as to who is more unintelligible in interviews. Um, you don't like Coach I- O? No, love Coach O. I think he's a living legend, man. It's just some. It's just you, you need you need Rosetta Stone to figure out what he's saying half the time. But <laughs> yeah, that but what? Sick. But what I will say, man. I mean, just even everything surrounding this game, man. You got you got Death Valley against Death Valley, Purple against Purple. You know, Tiger against Tiger. You got two of you know LSU's obviously been been around for a while as one of the one of the blue bloods in college football, and Clemson's sort of. A, I will say a newly minted blue blood based on what they've done, you know, the past decade, past half decade, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this game's going to be insane because Joe Burrow had, had a season for the ages. I mean, he, he, uh, he's, he's had the most big 12 season with an extra layer of polish in, uh, in a conference that you never see that from. And I feel like, a lot of people that you're down on Trevor Lawrence because he just wasn't really jumping off the page, not having a season. And then he goes and then they go, they go in an out tough uh, Ohio state. I mean, this has the makings for being one of the best championship games. I think in, in my lifetime, in my, my 32 years, this has all, all the makings for this to be something special. The quarterback matchup is special. Joe yeah. Burrow versus Trevor Lawrence. You don't get two guys like this going head-to-head all the time. This is something special. This is something that if you can't watch it, you better DVR it because you're going to want to watch it again. Um, Absolutely. Joe Burrow had – it's funny you said a Big 12 season because you're right. He threw for, you know, 40-some-plus touchdowns. He was responsible for, like, 50 touchdowns. Obviously won the Heisman. Um, but he did it in the best defensive conference in college football, and that – which I think locked him the number one overall pick. And I think will actually make him successful at the NFL level. Mm -hmm. Um, Baker and Kyler Murray, they're playing okay in the NFL, but the fact that Joe Burrow put up the same numbers they did in college, but against sec defenses, if I'm the Bengals, I'm like, just go ahead and just lock it in. Just give them the Jersey. now. Let's get them into training camp early. Um, I think that's a lock. Um, The game uh, Trevor, but going back to Trevor Lawrence, you're right. He he had a quiet year. He still played very well. It's just Clemson plays in the ACC. You know, it's them and I mean UVA had a great year, but it's not like any SEC opponents. It's not even Big Twelve opponents. I think if you put West no. Virginia in the ACC, you'd see them playing in Charlotte at the end of the year against Clemson. Um, but Trevor, don't don't sleep on the Tigers, the Clemson Tigers, I should say that i'm excited to see how they try to slow down burrow and all those receivers i mean he's got so many weapons to throw to and uh the running game the offensive line that picture that went viral of how huge they are i mean i oh. imagine if one of them just came up to you was like give me your wallet i just give him my wallet like oh, they're huge they're they're a different species man and, yeah and 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 i mean you know most offensive linemen at, at the power five level are are obviously gonna stand out in the crowd but but they but they look like uh there's there's obviously something in the water down down in Baton Rouge, and um, that that or Coach O's force feeding him crawfish, you know, four times a day. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know what it is, you know. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think I think it's 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 a great matchup because I mean both teams LSU's not defensively LSU is such a juggernaut year in and year out, and they're having a relatively bad year defensively. Whereas you know Clemson has been sort of like a D lineman factory the last few years. I feel like they've had nothing but first rounders coming off right. their 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 front, you know, front seven or whatever. And um, it's it's uh, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be weird to see like two two defenses with a lot of defensive talent, like legitimate next level defensive talent, that are gonna get burned because the quarterback play is so phenomenal. Um, it's I, I don't. 
I'm looking at the over under. I mean, it's 69 and a half. I'm thinking like maybe you need to up that over. Yeah, I was going as, as the game gets closer. Yeah, I was going to get there. I mean, I always bet the over because I like watching teams score. Um, I think, I mean, 69 and a half. I mean, you like you said, these defenses are so good, but that just goes to show you how amazing these quarterbacks are. I think you take the over and you don't even second guess it. 69 yeah. and a half. They might have that by halftime. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I I mean, hey, listen, what they what they did to Oklahoma and, and now I'm not you know, what they did to Oklahoma was obviously a, a giant black eye for the Big Twelve, but Oklahoma had their own firepower. I mean, Oklahoma walked mm-hmm. in there one of the, you know, three or four best offenses in the country mm-hmm. and just got absolutely just 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 got thrown into the ropes. And so I it's it's like I said, it's tough to predict exactly what's going to happen, but I'm expecting an insane game. And just, I mean, you're down in New Orleans, national championship game. It's a party, man. It's going to be a party everywhere. So um, I'm I'm just – I'm going to have serious FOMO not being there. That's that's for sure. Yeah, I was surprised of how Jalen Hurts they, – they jumped out to such an early lead. I thought Jalen Hurts with all the, the SEC experience would – perform a little bit better in the first half, but you know, it wasn't necessarily yeah. all him. So, um, but you're right. It's going to be an awesome game to watch. I'm excited to watch it. Um, don't say the tigers because that's my answer. Who's going to win. <laughs> um, in, in kind of a, kind of a weird inverse. Cause you know, you saw, you saw Tua come in and, you know, Tua Tua got his natty and then went and played Clemson and Clemson Clemson dominated that game. I think Trevor Lawrence, because he had such a, an unbelievable year last year, you know, storybook finish and everything that Clemson was able to do. But I think Joe Burrow and this LSU team are just – I think 25, 50 years from now we'll look back and they'll, they'll have, you know, a big purple asterisk next to their name because that's how good they'll be look, they, they will end up being in the kind of legacy they'll set up. And I just, I just think LSU is going to going to outlast them. If it turns into a shootout, I just have so much faith in Burrow and, and that, and that offensive group that they can outshoot anybody. And yep. so I think, I think, I think it's LSU is going to, going to come out on top because Burrow's just that guy and has had that year. I agree. I'm picking the LSU. Um, yeah. They're, they're favored by five and a half. I think they cover, I think they win by, Yeah. I mean, I, I could see him. I know that Clemson's got a good defense. I could see him winning by two touchdowns. Um, but yep. that's just how good LSU is. So, um, yep. so uh, we're both on the LSU Tigers. We're both on the over. I'm excited to watch that game. Um, excited to yeah, see Joe Burrow man. go to the Bengals. Um, but um, yeah, he's got one more to win. So we'll see it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, and, and you know, you're talking about Burrow to the Bengals. Um, and I don't, uh, which which I guess frees up Chase Young to go to the. Uh, the Redskins, uh, the hometown team, which I don't, I don't know if I, if I, if that's awesome for him or bad for him. I don't know. We'll River, see. River, see. Riverboat Ron is going to take care uh, of him. And 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 Blackjack Rio, so, <laughs> Del Rio. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah. I, I mean, talking about the draft, I mean, West Virginia's got. I mean, even after the season that they had, they got a couple guys in the hopper that I think we'll see on Sundays. Right. I agree. Um, the biggest name that jumps out to me is McKivitz, um, especially yeah. with him getting All-American status. Um, I don't – as much as I wanted to get drafted to the right team, at this point getting a West Virginia player drafted is just good for the program. It's good for Neil Brown. Um, I could see McKivitz going sixth round, seventh round. Um, I'd be very surprised if he goes earlier. Um, some other names that I don't think they'll get drafted, but they might get picked up for training camp, mm-hmm. Rex Sahara the long snapper. Um, yep, he's, an, yep. he's amazing. Um, yep. And then position players. I know he didn't have a good year this year, but Kenny McCoy had a great junior season when Will Greer was still here. And I thought he ran the ball very well. And then um, on the defense side of the ball, I like Keith Washington, um, the, the Michigan transfer. I, I thought he played well when his time in Morgantown. No, I, I mean, I like all of them. Um, and McKivitz has far and away the most star power. I mean, the guy played virtually every snap all four years that he was lined up in the, in the tackle. But I mean, here's the thing he's, he played for like, so two, two different head coaches, a couple different offensive coordinators, three or four uh, offensive line coaches. The guy did nothing but sort of wade through change 
and still had a really awesome college career and even moved from one side of the line to the other. Right. Um, so that I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because he'll be down in, in um, he'll be down at the, at the senior bowl. Um, yeah. So, so obviously he'll get a big showcase there. It'll be really interesting what he shows there because he played the two tackle positions and obviously this year was a disastrous year for the offensive line. And there's only so much, no matter how good you are, your spot, there's only so much you can do to save the other, you know, four, four spots there on the line with you. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he's got the best chance obviously to be drafted. I think he will be drafted. It just, I think it depends on what he shows down in mobile. Um, if you were to get a combine invite, obviously that's, that's another opportunity, but I think he's got really good tape. He's got a great track record, all American accolades. Um, McCoy, I thought had had a had a had a fine career. I he never got to that point where he was the featured guy. You know, right. I, I think that was problem was was he just he was sharing the backfield with some other guys who could really play, and um, and because the line was down this year, and so the running game was down, and and I don't think that's necessarily his fault, but I think he's got some NFL tangibles. I think he's a, he's a good ball catcher out of the backfield. I think he's 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 got good length. Um, so hopefully he gets a shot. You know as as a undrafted guy same thing with keith washington he's a tough kid plays plays really hard um i thought it obviously made a couple huge plays over the last couple years um so yeah i think outside of mckivitz i mean all these guys and sunahara included you know they'll they'll get they'll get looks and and like you said even one guy drafted neil brown's first year get getting a guy with with uh to to get drafted into the league is is a huge win given everything that went down this year and, and how, you know, there just wasn't a, wasn't a huge leg to stand on. I mean, when Neil Brown came in, it wasn't exactly like these were all his guys. So I think that would be a huge win. When's the senior bowl? Senior bowl. I want to say it's uh that's a really good question. It's not. It's February? I want to say it's like, yeah, it's Feb. Yeah. Because I think, because obviously with guys, I mean, national championship, playing right around mid January, I think they, they is, give those guys a couple weeks to kind of So it's after the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. Um I'm not I'm not sure. We'll have to follow up on that. But well I know Skylar's listening, so Skylar, it'd be a real shame if you sent me and Zach to do a live pod from the Senior Bowl. God, that would suck, man. We would not be friends. Oh my God, I would hate it. It'd be a real shame. Seriously, man. But keeping up with the West Virginia talk, a quick twenty nineteen review. Yeah. And then maybe it's a little bit of preview of 2020. Yep. Um, as the summer goes on, we'll probably dive deep into football. But um, since this is our first pod, I did want to get some takes on it. Um, I'm going to time it, Zach. Um, yep. I'm going to let you go on your quarterback rant, and I'm not going to interrupt <laughs> you. And I'm not even going to say anything. So yeah. start now. I like how I'm the rant, rant guy. I guess I'll be bad cop on this podcast. Um, yeah, here's the deal. Uh, Austin Kendall, I thought I thought he played his tail off. Uh, it was not a good year offensively anywhere except for certain spaces um, on that side of the ball. And he did some good things. There were he did make some some good throws and he made some good plays uh, when things broke down and getting out of the pocket and that kind of thing. Um, he looked a little stiff back there at times, and I think at times some reads got away from him. Obviously, when things are really going pear-shaped you got to switch it up I don't blame Neil Brown at all for making the change to Jarrett Dagey and obviously when Dagey came in it was a different look and the offense felt different and Dagey clearly made some big throws and some big plays but he was also not perfect he was you know he he had that three interception game um right before TCU and while I loved what he did and kind of how he plays and his feel for the game, you know, he kind of has a little bit more of a, now that I'm saying he's anywhere near, near this level, at least not yet, but he kind of had a more of a, more of a Baker Mayfield look to his game. Um, his sample size was so small and the offense was so bad at so many different areas. It's really hard to to look back on 2019 and say, we know exactly who the, who's starting for us in 2020. I know a lot of that's going on online. I know, I know what everyone thinks everyone else's opinion should be. Um, but I just thought it was, it was a tough year for the offense and, and Neil Brown, who seems to be incredibly thoughtful and detailed and doesn't do anything from a knee jerk from, from a knee jerk mindset is not going to go into this off season 
saying no, no competition, no nothing. This guy's getting first team reps and no one else is going to get a shot. I don't foresee that happening because 19 was not that kind of year and you have to do due diligence and you have to look back and call it what it was. It was a terrible offensive year for West Virginia after a couple, after, you know, Dana Holgerson's tenure, which, which produced a couple incredibly prolific offensive years. So you got to go into 2020 with the mindset that competition is warranted. And that's all I'll say about quarterbacks. And I'm sorry if I let you down on, on the rant intensity, man. You know, I, I don't know if you're hoping for hellfire and brimstone, but you're at two minutes and 37 seconds. So I think that's a good rant. Okay. Um, I'll let you catch your breath. I'll, I'll jump in on some stuff. Oh no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. <laughs> yeah. good um, my biggest things from 2019 is that um, we couldn't establish a running game. And I know the big 12 is a passing league. Um, by the way, if you hear some background noise, that's my dog playing with a toy. Sorry. Um, Big 12 is a passing league, but the thing Dana Holgerson was doing towards the end of his Big 12 era was he was running the ball effectively, which opened up the pass. Uh, duh, that's how that works. So um, I was yeah, surprised that typically. Coach Brown couldn't do that, especially with McCoy and uh, back there. Because um, I thought we had some solid running backs back there. It's just, I guess, um, offensive line, we didn't have the most experience. Um, but the the biggest thing that I took away from 2020, aside from the, the no running game and, of course, the quarterback controversy, is the amount of freshmen that we played and how bright the future is for West Virginia because the freshmen came in, they played hard, they played well, and they're just going to get better. So I am really excited to see these guys grow. Freshmen, transfers, um, I mean, God, they're, I, I mean, George Campbell, you know, some, some, yes. somehow found magic that he never was able to find down in Tallahassee for four years. I mean, the – the, the guy looks incredible by season's end. Sam James looks like the, the next great big 12 wide receiver. I mean, you, there's so many bright spots out of, out of a dark year because, and it's, and it's hard to see because you, you have to actually dig down just beyond the box score, which I know a lot of folks like outside of the fan base in national media won't do, but there are so much talent returning next year. That's just going to get better. Um, which is why, you know, five and seven didn't, didn't, phase me then it doesn't really phase me now because i know what it's building towards what was very special to watch was so something that dana holgerson teams never did but what coach brown did in one season is the team progressed throughout the season they actually got better game to game i feel like dana holgerson's team started out hot and only declined or stayed the same when you saw these guys last year under neil brown fighting in a meaningless games where there's no bowl game on the line, still coming out with a win ruining um, TCU season. They didn't go to a bowl game either. You know, we could have just rolled over and let them go to a bowl game, but these guys were fighting and seeing them progress and play better and better and better each week was something we didn't see under Dana Holgerson. And that's why I'm so excited about coach Brown. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100. I, I feel the exact same way. It was, it was palpable. I mean, and, and, and I think you and I, and you know, guys have, have heard anecdotes about kind of the, the culture that surrounded the program and, and more importantly, inside, inside the program, inside the actual team facilities, you know, when Dana was there versus what Neil's brought in and sort of um, put in place as a framework for the, the program he's building. And you could see it out there because, yeah, because there were opportunities, I mean, late in the season when, you know, they, I mean, five straight losses, right? I mean, how demoralizing is that? and you'd sit around and ask yourself like guys, like, you know, what are we playing for? Like, this is ridiculous. Like we need to just like punch our ticket to the off season, get out of here, go home, chill, play some Xbox or whatever. Um, that is not what happened. And if Neil Brown can get that out of, out of his team after that year, after that many injuries and all the attrition, imagine what he can do with a, with, with, with a loaded deck with everything in place. I mean, you can just you can just see sort of what could be just just around the corner and it's and it's special i'm not going to say how special because people are going to think i'm insane and want to institutionalize me but it's 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 not insignificant i think when it's all said and done there will be a statue of neil brown outside mountaineer field man i, hope I think so. that's what he's going to do for us man I, I hope so i hope so too what's your uh too early prediction uh, for 2020, my my, own, I'm I'm just gonna say bowl game. I think we make a bowl game. I don't know how many wins yet, but I'm just gonna say bowl game. Um, 
I will I will see your bowl game and raise you. Uh, I don't, you know, screw it. If if it if if it happens, I'll take all the credit and everyone can come back here and thank me. I will see you a bowl game and raise you a double double digit win season. Okay, I'll do that. That is just that is that is what I'm feeling. If the Mountaineers win ten or more games, I will buy you un beer. Just the one beer, okay. Um, yes. Okay. Ah, no, we'll make it interesting. If they win ten or, for every, if they win ten or more games, I'll buy you ten beers. Yeah. If they win eleven, I'll buy you eleven. But if they only win nine or eight, then you buy me nine or eight. All beers. right. Fair all right. I'm, that's 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 that is a that is a gentleman's bet right there. I got I got it. All right. It's on. It's on the pod, so it's I was gonna say, pretty much a legal I was going to say, man, we ripped that in blood just now. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, to kind of wrap up the pod a little bit, I, I wanted to go into um, some professional sports now. Um, I wanted to start with kind of a quick mm. recap of the Mountaineers in pros, um, and then we'll go into the NFL playoffs. Mm, yep. But um, I'm just going to – I'm going to read off some names. I'm going to read off their stats for the season. I went ahead and wrote them down. Um, we'll say a quick thing about each yep. one of them. Um, we'll focus on a few more than the others, but starting off, of course, Tavon Austin, yeah. uh, he's with the Cowboys, yeah. um, played in 14 games this season. Only had 13 catches. Uh, he had a touchdown. Uh, he ran the ball six times for them. He did have a touchdown. Um, he is just, the Cowboys are just another team that don't use him correctly. Um, do you think any team will ever use him correctly? I, at this point, I'm starting to doubt it. And it's one of the most frustrating things to me as, as a football fan, knowing what this guy can do. And I just don't even know anymore. It's just like, do something, do anything. Just, just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I have no answers anymore for, for, uh, for, for Tavon and what he might do in the pros. I'm with you. I'm baffled. I just don't understand. You got a guy that quick, just get the ball in his hand, get him a blocker or two, and he'll probably get you at least 10 yards, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, Next, Nick Kudakowski, who I would put as the Mountaineer in the pro of the year. Uh, killed it for the easily, Bears this year. Easily, played, in all, yeah. played in all 16 games. He started eight of those games. He had an interception. He had a forced fumble, 68 tackles, three sacks, and he had a safety. He's amazing. Aaron Rodgers. He's it. Aaron Rodgers tried to name drop him and then couldn't pronounce his name. So he's like, I'm not going to butcher his name, but that guy's really good. So that there you go. That's that's it. That's kind of yeah. Aaron Rodgers pointed him out. So there you go. Yeah. Yep. He killed it this yeah. year. Um, the Bears are going to re-sign him. Um, I think his con, I think it was a contract year, which mm-hmm. had a little chip on his shoulder, but he's a Mountaineer. Mountaineers always play with a chip on their shoulder. They're always playing harder than everybody else. Um, that's why if you're a recruit listening to this, you should go to West Virginia and learn these concepts, Beautiful. but we won't yeah. go into that. Anyways, uh, next I have Geno Smith written down. He actually didn't play a snap all season, but he is still in the playoffs. He's backing up Russell Wilson, Seattle. Um, all hell will have to break loose for him to come in. Um, so I doubt we'll see him in the playoffs. Have you have you um, seen him? Have Carl, you seen him at, at the at the coin toss? Hot damn, man! Something, something, something. You know what? You're right. I should have put. We should go back and watch all his coin tosses and uh, get his record. Yeah, do for that. Coin Somebody tweet us that. Twitter.com. Do your work. Um, next, uh, I have a pair of Raiders, Oakland Raiders, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders. Carl Joseph. Um, he did get hurt, unfortunately, um, but he did. He had an interception in a key game against the Chargers earlier in the season that locked in that win. 48 tackles. Um, and then his teammate, Darrell yeah. Orley, uh, played in 15 games. He started 15 games. Interception, the crazy one-handed interception that went viral on Twitter. Um, and then had some uh, 58 tackles as well. Both. Um, those guys were good when they were in Morgantown. And I was going to say, both Oakland. of those guys, I saw a lot of good press clippings about them and, and uh, <clears throat> for, for the year they had in Oakland. So hopefully hopefully they, 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 get, you know, they get kept and keep doing their thing. Yeah, I try to keep up with NFL fan bases, especially when it comes to Mountaineer players. And the Raiders fans seem to – they love Carl Joseph, as they should, and they seem to like Daryl Worley. So, yeah, hopefully that's a – the organization sees that. Um, Willie G. Next, we're moving Willie to Carolina. Uh, you want to skip this one? No, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'll just, um, I'll just, my, my piece is this. Look, Greg Olson said he got thrown into a thankless situation that really wasn't winnable. I mean, it just, it, you know, you can, you, you can only give the ball to Christian McCaffrey so many times. You can't throw it to him 30 times and hand it off right. to him 30 times a game. So hopefully right. with Matt Rule coming in, right, he's a Big 12 guy. He's seen Greer twice up close and personal, and Greer tore him to shreds both times he saw him. 
hopefully he comes in and says, I know what you can do. We're keeping you. We're going to continue to work with you. And that's, that's what I'm hoping for, for Greer. Cause I think, I think he deserves that. Exactly. And I mean, Kyle Allen got most right. of the snaps this year. I think if Greer would have started first, he would have had the same success yeah. Kyle Allen had. Um, and then probably the digression, just like Kyle Allen had, but this is still Cam's team. Uh, when Cam is healthy, he's arguably the top five quarterback in the league. He was the MVP just a couple years ago. Um, it's still Cam's team, so we'll see what happens. Uh, maybe they want to get rid of him. Um, not do that because I think he's special when he's healthy. But if they do, that leaves the door open for Greer. There you so go. you're right. Um, but his teammate, uh, my man Bruce Irvin, uh, one of the best Mountaineers to ever do yes, it. Um, eight and a half sacks in 13 games. Um, it was the year of the safety for Mountaineers. He also had a safety for the Panthers. I remember that. Um, you know, this was a guy that bounced around the last couple of years. You know, he was in Seattle for a long time. Then he went to Oakland. Jay, uh, John Gruden cut him, which is really surprised me. Um, Atlanta, where he was from, I thought he was going to stick around. Then he went and signed in Carolina. Like, he did that on his own. He found a home. Panthers fans love him down there in Charlotte. Yeah, he, seem, he seems to be sticking sticking well with the Panthers. And, I mean, and, and he's put together – I mean, he's got a Super Bowl ring. Bruce has put together a, a pretty pretty good NFL career. Um, and it, I mean, he's, he's looking good with the Panthers, uh, you know, and it seems like he's got some gas still left in the tank. So I just, I want him to keep doing because I, I'd love watching the guy play. Absolutely. He's one of the best to ever do it. He loves Morgantown, yes, he West does. Virginia. He loves West Virginia. Um, he's a great ambassador for the state of West Virginia. So, um, moving on to, I have a couple of offensive linemen here where obviously I don't have stats. However, their need or their importance to their team was incredible. Quinn Spain for the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs, started off 16 games on offensive line. Yes. That's, that's his Instagram handle. Um, He is, um, he's the man, you know, he blocked for Josh Allen. They they had a good offense this year and without him blocking for Josh Allen, they wouldn't have done that. Um, Golinski in Indianapolis, the Colts didn't really have the year that they wanted to, but of course, you know, Andrew Luck retired like a day before the season started. So what are you going to do? But he started off six. And then Adam Pankey towards the end of signed with the Dolphins. He started one game. The Dolphins were kind of a dumpster fire, but at least he got his chance to play. Um, so not much on him, but what you got on Spain and Golinski. Yeah. I mean, I, I not, you know, Spain, Golinski's had had a really good turn in the NFL so far. Pankey's just, you know, too early to tell. You just got to keep going. Right. Um, moving on, Trayvon Wesco with the Jets. Um, he actually appeared in all 16 games, but only had one start at tight end. I think he put a lot of special team snaps. Mm-hmm. Um, he was targeted three times from Sam Darnold, only had two catches, but they were for 47 yards. Um, he had a big play in their last game of the year that, went kind of viral on NFL red zone. Um, let's go. With- I, I, Morgantown. Uh, he's got good I, hands. Man, I, I, I was so pumped for Wesco his senior year because he's such a, I mean, he's such a physical mismatch. He's about pushing 280 and can run like he does and has good hands. I just, I, I hope, I hope that, you know, gets shown in the NFL. Um, and I, and I, and I, and I hope he's not used as just, just a situational blocker. Cause I think, I think he's got more to his game than that. Absolutely. Um, moving on to Philadelphia, my personal favorite NFL team, Rasul Douglas plays corner. He had six starts, but it did appear in all 16 games, um, 10 pass deflections, 35 tackles. Um, people remember him this year from getting burned. No, that was last year when he got burned. Yeah. In we don't need to game. Yeah, let's forget about that. Um, but And then Shelton Gibson got signed the week before the playoffs because the Eagles are running on fumes. They had – everybody was hurt. Sure. So they signed Shelton Gibson, um, who they brought back because he helped them win a Super yep. Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, I think he fair caught a couple punts. I think uh, love, love Douglas. I always, I always knew he'd be a good pro. Just be, I mean, the guy's a six-foot-two corner can run. Um, Shelton, love, love the guy. He's, you know – an electric guy just because of his speed, but I will always stand by the fact he left college a year too early. Yep. Yep. I agree. He would have been awesome with Will Greer that first year. Um, that's all right. Um, Wendell Smallwood was in Washington this year. Didn't get as many touches as he did when he was an Eagle. Um, he did appear in 15 games. He got 22 carries this year for 81 yards. Um, a little bit in the passing game, he did have nine catches, but the Redskins also a team that, 
started off a dumpster fire. Got a little something towards the end with Dwayne Haskins and then their assistant or their uh, interim coach. So um, I think they'll keep him for next year. Yeah, I would hope so. I've always loved Smallwood. He's a multiple guy, and uh, you know the Redskins just kind of sucked, um, <laughs> which yeah. nothing new there. So hopefully, hopefully he sticks. Yep. Um, I realize we're starting to run low on time, so I'm going to run through these last couple of names at once, and then you can yeah, jump it's all in. You. Yep. Um, Najee Good is playing for the Jaguars. He had one start this or four starts, and uh, he did get injured. He appeared in ten games. He did have a sack. Uh, Kaiser White played in all sixteen games for the Chargers and had seventeen or had seven starts. He did have an interception. He's a very key part to that Charger defense, and I think they really uh, like having him around. I think he'll stick around in LA. His brother Kevin White was cut before the season started. Um, the only reason I even had him on this list is because I think he's still working out for teams. Um, so let's keep an eye on him in the offseason. You know, he had such potential. Yeah. Um, the only Mountaineer to still be in the playoffs, David Long Jr., 14 games he appeared in. He had 15 tackles. He had an awesome punch halfway through the season for a forced fumble, and the Titans had a scoop and score. Um, he had four tackles in the, the game against New England, so he's, he was playing um, in a big game up in New England. So um, your quick thoughts on those guys. Um, just the only things that stand out are David Long is starting to show that he can do with the pros, what he did in, in the NFL and or he, that they did, they did in college. And I, I just, Kevin White's one of the all time heartbreakers for me, man, because the guy just is, is so supremely talented, gifted, such a physical freak. I don't know what happened to him when he got to the pros. I hope, I hope to God that there is a silver lining and something turns around for him because his, his window is about closed. Yep, it's unfortunate. He was special in Morgantown. Um, and then I got three other names that uh, they here, whether it was due to injury or just because they just couldn't make the team. David Sills was on the Bills and the Giants practice squad throughout the year. Um, unfortunately, he didn't get any opportunities, which surprised me because he caught so many damn touchdowns in Morgantown. you think the guy would be good for the Reds. It was only 36, um, his... John. It wasn't like he caught a lot of touchdowns. Okay. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Um, his partner in crime, Gary Jennings, um, fun fact about Gary Jennings, his dad worked with my dad. Um, I never met Gary Jennings Jr., but I met his dad. Super cool guy. Oh, yeah, no, you know, you got it. You got to throw it in there. So Gary, if you're listening to this, um, I've met your dad. He's really cool. Next time you guys have a cookout, don't just invite my dad, invite me too. Um, and then Yadni Kajust, um, he was on the Patriots all season, but he was injured. So he didn't play, um, which is unfortunate because he was, um, he was special in Morgantown too. I think if he gets a chance, he could he really prove himself. So, uh, but those are the Mountaineer and the pros this yeah. year. We're still cheering for David Long Jr. and the Titans. Um, since my team's out of it, I'll, I'll cheer for the Titans just for him. They get they get the Ravens, right? They get the Ravens. Yep. On yep. And Sunday or Saturday. I don't know what day. On, on Saturday, and that's where I wanted to transition yeah. to. Let's get some quick picks for the NFL playoffs. Um, starting Saturday, the Vikings got to go to San Francisco. Um, they're playing at four thirty-five on Saturday. Over-unders, 45, 49ers are minus seven. Who you got? Uh, neither of those guys are, are my teams, but I'll just I'll just get 49ers, get that, that Bay Area wind going in there, and uh, Gucci Jimmy is going to throw a couple, couple tutties. So, for the first time in podcast history, I disagree with you. I, Vikings are – Okay, that's, that's fair. Yep. I'm, a lot of disagree. Yeah. I've taken, I'm, I'm going to take yeah. them at plus seven yeah. at least. And then I think they went out right. Um, okay. Also, I'm going to take the over of 45. Um, all four games last weekend hit the under. Games this weekend are hit the over. So that's just my how my brain works. All right. Next on Saturday, um, arguably the game of the weekend, uh, Titans going to Baltimore. Uh, Ravens, um, this is going to be at 815. Uh, Ravens are minus 10 at home. Uh, over under is 48 and a half. Um, I'm going to Ravens. Uh, I think the Titans cover that, um, but I think the Ravens win. Lamar Jackson having the MVP year. I yeah. think I think the Cinderella story continues, and I'm gonna take the over. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson's just just doing some some absurd things, man. And uh, and um, I, I, I yeah. What what more can you say, man? It's just it's it's a ridiculous year for him, and uh, I think the Ravens are gonna going to be playing on Super Bowl Sunday. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm going to cheer for David Long for the Titans, but uh, anyway. yeah, Sunday, the first game of the day at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Eastern time, of course. Texans going to Kansas City. Mm. 
Uh, Kansas City is minus nine and a half, mm-hmm. and the over under is fifty one. I think the Chiefs blow them out. I think they win by twenty points. I don't think that's even going to be close. I think I think Kansas City is going to be is going to be. I, I think I think Arrowhead Stadium is going to be emptying out in the third quarter to go be barbecue. Probably. Yep. I like Deshaun Watson. Uh, I think he will eventually become like a top five quarterback in this league if he's not already. Um, but Patrick Mahomes is the guy. He's the man. Um, Travis Kelsey's the man. Their offense is too strong. And the defense is arguably better than it was last year, which is hard That's to right. believe. That's right. Yep. And then the last game of the weekend uh, at 6.40 p.m., the Seahawks go to Green Bay to play the Packers. The over-under is 46. The, excuse me. The Packers are minus four. Um, I might just be saying this because I'm an Eagles fan, but I'm picking the Seahawks to not only cover, but I think they'll win outright. Aaron Rodgers is good, of course. He's probably the best quarterback in the league right now. But Russell Wilson, if Lamar Jackson was having the year he had, Russell Wilson would have the MVP. I'm excited to see this game. I think um, that'll definitely be the game of the day on Sunday. Yeah, I'll go. Um, my my best friend from growing up is a, is a dire Packers fan, Wisconsin native. And if he hears this, he's, he's going to be kind of – nonplussed but i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna take the seahawks yeah oh because all right yeah i was surprised i'm taking the hawks i thought you were gonna go green bay no yeah well um to wrap up some uh nfl stuff um tom brady said that he is staying on instagram today he's gonna stay in new england well actually that's not true he said he was gonna he's gonna play again next year he didn't necessarily say it's gonna be in new england but we can kind of assume yeah, he he tipped his hand only so much, but I, I don't think uh, the the world the world seems a, a strange place if Tom Brady's playing it for another team. That's just that's just me. I thought place Philip Rivers. <laughs> I, I I still kind of think that. Well, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, um, and then my last thing after what happened today, people are also talking about the. Uh, overtime rule um, you know college overtime is amazing it's probably the one of the top five things in sports I love college overtime does the NFL need to go that route because Drew Brees didn't even get a chance yeah I don't I, I that is one one thing of several that I think college absolutely does better than the NFL and I think some they need to adopt and I, I think I think that's that's what it is right there um, yep. got to change that up and it's just, it's just better for the game. It's a more entertaining product. Uh, I think, I think that, I think they, they need to emulate that. Yeah. I love college overtime. I hope it goes to the NFL, uh, but that's kind of wrapping up NFL. Um, we're going to quickly touch on the NBA and the NA because they're still in the regular season, but of course the NBA, our man, Javon Carter still playing with the Phoenix Suns. If you want to vote for him for NBA all-star 2020, there's an article on Mountaineer Maven through sports illustrated on instructions on how to do that. Does he deserve to be there? No, but how cool would it be to have a Mountaineer in there? You know, if maybe 1.8 million people vote every day, that'd be pretty cool. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Yeah. Pulling for man. Um, Javon's a winner. He's a he's a junkyard dog, and I'm just I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's found a spot and found a role, and seems seems to be having fun. Yeah, he uh, and people in Phoenix love him. I can see that he you know the Suns love him and the fans oh, yeah. love him. So, yeah. but you know it's impossible to not like Javon Carter. That is also true. Um, but other NBA stuff to touch on: Lakers good, Bucks good, uh, LeBron, AD. I know AD got hurt, but he'll. Um, him and LeBron are killing it for the Lakers. Giannis is—he's a walking triple double for the Bucks. Yeah. Um, that is my too early finals prediction. Um, I know the Rockets might have something to say about that. I know the Clippers have something to say about that, but that is my too early finals prediction. Uh, LeBron's still good. In case anyone needed a reminder, he's actually still very good. He's still LeBron James, um, and I'm not sure how, but he is. Uh, Giannis isn't human. And um, and uh, you know I'm I'm close to DC, so the Wizards I think are still doing Wizards things, which means we don't need to say much about them. And that's Wizards are my all-time favorite sports team, aside from the Mountaineers. Um, the day they win a championship is the day I will probably be dead because it will never happen in my lifetime. Okay. Um, okay. Well, I know you and I are both big Nats and Caps fans as well, so 
Um, yep, that is. We'll get to that eventually. Yeah, but to kind of close up on the NBA, the Hawks stink. I know Mountaineer fans want to hear that, even though Trey Young is playing really well, but the Hawks stink. Uh, the Warriors stink, uh, so they definitely won't be in the finals again. It's actually kind of uh, funny. I'm sorry, like I don't. It's not. It just to, to see that come to an end, but but I, I think I think most of us got tired of the Warriors pretty pretty quick the last couple Curry, of years. Curry will be on a revenge tour next year, but he's got to wait his time. Um, and then the last thing I got to say is uh, Luka Doncic might be the next Michael Jordan. That's just me. Uh, it's a bold claim, and I will have to do my homework and revisit that. <laughs> All right. We'll talk about that again. Um, and then, uh, that wraps up NBA, NHL. All I wrote down was the Caps are good. And that's talking hockey, right? Because the Caps are good. They're probably the best team in hockey and i hope they haven't peaked too early because another another cup run would be just fine be a real shame if you and i went to that parade in june oh real a, a damn shame sir <laughs> to be sure it's been an awesome first episode of the blue lot um we hope to bring this to you as many times a week as we can it might be a once a week thing it might be a once every two weeks thing we don't know yet um we're gonna play it by ear um but I want to plug a few things. We are on Twitter. It is at Blue Lot Pod on Twitter. Um, you can follow Zach on Twitter at Z Campbell underscore SI. You can follow me on Instagram or excuse me at Twitter at John underscore Pentall underscore. Um, and then please follow our main account, the uh, Sports Illustrated account at SI underscore WVU on Twitter. And on Facebook, it's still WV Nation because our bosses are having some trouble changing the name. Um, but that's where we started. We started as WB Nation, so it's kind of cool to see how we've grown. Um, so Skylar and Chris, if you're listening to this, I know you are. We did your plug. Um, you can't fire us yet. Not, not yet. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait till, wait till tax season's over. Yes. Uh, oh, that's kind. Of... <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks for uh, spending an hour with me. Uh, thanks to the fans yeah, listening. Yeah. No. Thank you, man. This was um, fun. A lot of fun. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll keep it going. We'll refine it and hone it, and uh, it'll get better. But in the meantime, trust the climb. That's right. Trust the climb. In the meantime, every time you hang out with your friends, treat it like the blue lot. You know, offer them some more food, offer them some more drink, go up to random people you don't know, say hi, make new friends, make new family. That's what the blue lot's all about. Um, but that's it. That's the blue lot.